0: Ladies and gentlemen, the President of the United States of America. Well, I tell you what, he was back in the cockpit the next week with a new call sign. Swamp Thing. <laughs> new call sign. I asked him inside the Oval what, what it was like, but I'll tell you about that later.
1: This has been the President of the United States of America. May God have mercy on our souls. Stu does America. Head to blazetv.com slash stew. Help us push back against the rapid, unscheduled disassembly of America. Use the promo code stew to save 10 bucks. If you're watching on YouTube, like the video right now. Subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications. We'd appreciate you doing all the things. Uh, Dan Andrews is going to be here in a little bit to help us resurrect the Washington Redskins. Joe Biden hits a brand new low. And you know what that means? You get the song. I mean, it's a holiday weekend. Of course you get the song. But we start by doing vacation from disaster. Yes, here we are, just days away from an economic disaster. Everything is up in the air. Our economy could dissolve at any moment. And we are looking at it about ready to to go on vacation. Who could do such a thing? And maybe we should rewind a little bit to look at this debt ceiling thing. Because remember, we went 97 days where the, the Democrats and Joe Biden said they just wouldn't negotiate at all. We wasted 97 days and there were a couple things the Democrats were trying to do there. Number one, of course, they were trying uh, to hold out hope that maybe everybody would just blame Republicans and they could just not do much of anything. And eventually the pressure would get too high on Republicans and they would pass a clean debt ceiling bill. Well, that has not worked out at all. Majority of voters would blame Biden for the debt default. Some 47 percent of respondents believe Biden would uh, be more at fault. If debt limit negotiation failures devolve into default, while 44% pointed their finger at Republicans, with 8% saying both would be to blame. I mean, look, I think both are definitely to blame at some level, but the Democrats are more to blame here, especially because the Republicans have already passed the bill. They've already passed the debt ceiling. Have you heard that from the media? I've listened to a lot of coverage on this as we prepared for shows, multiple shows this week on the debt ceiling. They don't really mention that all that often, that the Republicans have already passed a bill to raise the debt ceiling. The Democrats don't like that bill, which is their prerogative. But to act as if the Republicans are the ones making this happen and causing all these issues is backward. It just it just is, even though that's the way the media will tell it to you every single time. The other thing that the Democrats were trying to do was, well, maybe we'll let this go for a while. And instead of negotiating in good faith. We'll just throw out something like uh, an unconstitutional trick. We'll just try, like, I don't know, maybe the 14th Amendment doesn't means that we can't have a debt ceiling. How about that? You guys care about that? I know we've been saying we needed it and it did exist and it was constitutional for a very long time. But what if we reverse that right now? Well, that's not going to happen either. deputy treasury secretary has ruled out the possibility of using the 14th Amendment to raise the debt ceiling. I'm going to play this clip for you. It's a minute long. Um, But. there's a little bit of something in here that that dissolves the sort of narrative around this clip. So listen closely.
0: Final question on the 14th Amendment. Uh, Both the President and Secretary Yellen have said legally it would be very challenging to invoke, especially at this point. But if there is no deal as we approach next Thursday, will the administration attempt to invoke the 14th Amendment?
1: So you've heard the President and the Secretary, the 14th Amendment can't solve our challenges now. Ultimately, the only thing that can do that is Congress doing what it's done 70 at other times, raising the debt limit. We don't have a plan B that allows us to meet the commitments that we've made to our creditors, to our seniors, to our veterans, to the American people. The only plan we have is the one that's worked for more than 200 years in this country, which is the United States of America needs to pay all of its bills and pay them on time. And Congress has the ability to do that, and the president is calling on them to act on that as quickly as possible. Is that a no? So the question was uh, whether the United States would use the 14th Amendment. And I think the President and the Secretary have been very clear that that will not solve our problems now. So yes, that is a no. Was he doing that interview in a bird sanctuary? I mean, was he, it seems like he was about to get attacked by thousands of birds. I will say this, uh, his name, by the way, is Wally Adeyamo. Uh Not enough wallies left. Too few wallies. We need more wallies in this country. The thing that's a little bit more notable than the Wallies and the birds is the fact that he's just saying, that's right now. Like, th- this is not a long term thing. This is something that Biden mentioned the other day, kind of throughout there. The 14th Amendment, I know I can absolutely use the 14th Amendment, but it's too late in the process for that. Now, what does that mean? Of course, if that were true, it just means he was unprepared, uh, a terrible job being president of the United States. Of course. In reality, it's not true. He doesn't have that power. And he may very well try to run that up the flagpole after these negotiations are over, but it will fail in the courts because it's a blatant lie. And they all know it's a lie. They've all said it was like Timothy Geithner, the old Obama Treasury secretary, has already said on record uh, years ago that it was wrong and it's, it's not something that you can do. But they'll try it anyway. This is the Biden approach. Try something that's unconstitutional. Eventually you get shot down on the courts and then yell at the courts. That's the Biden presidency in a nutshell. That's what they do over and over and over again. Com- this way they don't have to take a responsibility for anything. Pass the liberal fever dream that every, every AOC blogger is telling you that you should pass. When it doesn't work and it fails spectacularly in the Supreme Court, you say, that Supreme Court, they're so conservative. I don't like them very much. And so that's kind of the plan. Now, one thing that's interesting here is we're at a point where we've been told financial catastrophe is just days away, days away. June 1st, we're on, what is it, the 26th of May? And June 1st is the day of financial catastrophe. And what are we doing here? No one seems to be all that freaked out. I mean, it's not even leading the news most days. Why is that? Hmm. I wonder why that is. Well, first of all, it looks like the negotiations have picked up a little bit. Biden-McCarthy and appear near a two-year deal on the U.S. debt ceiling as default looms. U.S. President Joe Biden and top congressional Republican Kevin McCarthy are closing in on a deal that would raise the government's $31.4 trillion debt ceiling for two years while capping spending on most items, a U.S. official told Reuters. This deal, which is not final, would increase funding for discretionary spending on military and veterans while essentially holding non-defense discretionary spending at current year levels. We'll see how that plays out, if that actually holds. Uh, you know, of course, it's not, you know, again, cuts are not exactly cuts when you're talking about government spending. We've talked about this forever. I can remember listening to Rush Limbaugh when I was in high school and him explaining how they say they're cutting the budget, but they're not. They're just cutting future increases. It's something that is so, so much basic knowledge, I think, for most conservatives at this point. It's almost not worth mentioning, though. I will play this clip for you. This is from The Daily today. This is the New York Times flagship podcast. And look, some of podcasting is presentation. So I, I you know, maybe this is just a really good sell by the host, but it, it almost seems like he's never even heard of this concept before. Listen. What Republicans wanna do is spend less money next year on discretionary spending and then
0: limit the growth for 10 years at 1% for those programs going forward, hmm. which would amount to a fairly large budget cut, a little under $4 trillion over the course of 10 years. Can you explain why that
1: would be a cut? Because a 1%
0: increase doesn't seem like a cut. Ah, this is a Washington cut, Michael. This is not like what you and I would think of as a cut. A spending Mm. cut, when you are dealing with Washington Budget Convention,
1: is any time you spend less money than you were projected to spend under
0: official forecasts. Ah, an imaginary cut. Sort of. Yeah,
1: sort of. Sort of like an imaginary cut. (laughs) Isn't that hilarious? (laughs) I mean, amazing, right? Anybody else, any other circle of, you know, the world where you would said you were cutting something, it means that if you have if you're spending $100, you're then spending $90. You're certainly not spending $105 and calling it a cut, right? But in Washington, that's what they do. If you're spending $100 this year, you're going to spend $105 next year. That's a cut because we said before we might spend $106 next year. So 106 to 105 that's a big time cut. It's ridiculous, but it's what Washington does. And honestly, Seems like everyone knew that, but maybe that's worth a refresher course because that's the world we live in. Um, Of course, all of this build uh, over the past month or two, where we said we're past the date, we're we're now doing extraordinary measures. The X date is around the corner. The X date is is June 1st. We may not have enough money to pay our bills. We may go into default on June 1st. Okay, Uh, if that were true, if it was so catastrophic, that we were going to go into default, and it was going to ruin the economy. Why would I have this headline for you? Lawmakers leave Washington without a debt limit deal as risk of default grows. A debt limit deal is not is still not close at hand for House Republicans, and the White House, as lawmakers, leave the nation's capital, and the risk of a first-ever default grows. With no bill to vote, vote bill to vote on, House lawmakers are leaving for the Memorial Day weekend though they will be given 24 hours notice to return if and when a deal is reached. Now, they left on Thursday for the weekend, which is a nice four-day weekend for them. I'm sitting here doing a show today, but it's a four-day weekend for them. Congratulations. If I don't do this show today, the economy doesn't collapse. So we're aware. I know it might feel that important to you, and I, I understand why, but actually nothing will happen. You know, there's, that's pretty much the truth. Uh, nothing's going to happen. No, no catastrophic economic consequences for me not doing the show. Yet here I am. What about Washington? What about Congress? They're out having their picnics this weekend while they tell us economic catastrophe is right around the corner. And it's important to note, yes, there's a deal that they say is close. As you can see, some places are reporting it as not that close. Some are reporting it as close. There's still some room in their negotiation what they, as far as what they need to do to close that gap but they're out of town until looks like Tuesday. They could call them in early. I kind of doubt they're gonna do that, but they could do it if they get a deal. They could vote early. However, uh, as um, McCarthy has said 100 times, he's going to give 72 hours for Republicans to read the bill. That's one of the things he promised as speaker. It's one of the things demanded of him to get the speakership, and he said, look, it's ridiculous for you guys to us to drop a bill on you and vote on it five seconds later. You got to get three days to read the bill. Okay, three days seems like a fair amount of time. Well, those three days go by. That's going to push you to Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Thursday's the day. Thursday's the X date. Now, that's just the House passing it. Then it has to go to the Senate, um, and and I will say, the House passing it is not a foregone conclusion. Uh, you're going to probably lose a bunch of people on the right because they don't think you've cut enough. You're going to lose some Democrats on the left who say that you haven't uh, uh, you haven't uh, or you've cut too much. That's going to leave some people in the middle. I don't know, maybe 150 Republicans and, you know, maybe 60, 70 Democrats to try to get this thing over the line. These things don't usually have major problems when they get these deals done, but it's certainly possible. Then it goes to the Senate. The Senate, of course, you're going to have a bunch of, you're going to need to get to 60 votes. You're going to be a bunch of Republicans who say, no way, this isn't good enough. The fiscal respons- responsibility types are going to say, hey, no. I mean, I you know, can you, can you picture Ted Cruz and Mike Lee voting for a debt ceiling increase? I mean, I would be very surprised if they do under really any of these circumstances, especially with this crappy bill. The exception to this would be if the RAINS Act, RAINS Act Sorry, I'm still on my uh, hangover from my dental work yesterday, so it's really hard to talk. Uh, my, the RAINS Act, if that's included in this bill, I will say this. I, I fully believe this. I would be fine raising the debt ceiling for two years if all we got was the RAINS Act. That was it. No cuts at all. I'd be fine with it. The RAINS Act is incredibly important. We've done shows on it before. If you don't know what it is, you have to go back and watch one of them. But it's a super important thing. It's, it's, it's from, uh, originates from Mike Lee, and it basically grabs... Uh, power back to Congress that is now residing in these big, you know, three letter agencies. It's inc- incredibly important. And if the Democrats would let that go through, I'd be fine not cutting it all. I mean, I'm serious. I, that, that one's really, really important. My guess is they're going to strip that out, of course, because they don't want anything good to happen in the country. Anyway, long story short, you, you get through there, then you're going to have the president sign it. Uh, it's going to be a long road. So you, this is not, I don't think it's going to be done by June 1st. So why is everybody so calm? Why is everybody so calm? If this crisis was really the crisis that they're all saying it is, why would they be taking a long, not even a three-day, but a four-day Memorial Day weekend? Why would they be doing that? The schedule doesn't line up right if the June 1st date was real. Do people just not believe Janet Yellen? I mean, is it possible that she's just saying these things and everyone knows? that it's not real? Now of course they know a little bit more than they're telling us and the truth is that the X date is not June 1st. It it only could be June 1st if it was intentionally June 1st and this is why. We're still getting a bunch of money in. We get money in every day and that money can go to pay all of our bills. The problem they're saying is we will run out of that money on June 1st or around June 1st. Okay. Well, does that mean that we default? Well, no, of course it doesn't mean that we default. You have to choose to not pay our creditors instead of cutting other spending. Once again, you can easily just not pay other things. Like let's say, for example, we cut One percent of Social Security checks going out now. The people getting Social Security would be upset with that, and I'm not saying that's the best way to cut. But you'd save a ton of money by cutting one percent off Social Security payments, and it would allow you to not default if you decided to stop building turtle tunnels for a couple of weeks. If you decided to not pay for giant global warming legislation for a couple of weeks, you could easily pick and choose and lower priority, uh, put lower uh, things on lower priority, and prioritize the debt payments. That's, of course, what you'd have to do because of the 14th Amendment. They're trying to use the 14th Amendment to get out of the debt ceiling. But what it actually would do was would provide a guarantee that they'd have to prioritize that stuff first. Now, this isn't the best way of doing business. This is not the way you want your country to operate. But there's no reason that we go into mega default on June 1st. It's sort of psychotic to say that. And it's not true. They just keep saying it. To, uh, to freak everybody out. And, and in addition to this, you could also pass a, a two-week delay with a one-sentence bill that you probably wouldn't need three full days to read. It just says, we extend the debt ceiling, uh, and, and you give the number that equals you know, two weeks from now. And then you finalize the actual deal. There's a million ways for them to get around it. And that's why all the panic is not real panic. It's panic to make you freak out, hopefully to blame Republicans. Now that it's not working, the stress is down. Now that people are blaming Biden for this, eh, let's lower the temperature a little bit. Maybe let's not freak people out quite as much. Everything's going to be A-OK in the end, right? So once they go through this process, there's going to be the reaction. There's going to be the pushback. There's going to be the back and forth. But at the end of the day, there's no real reason as you go into uh, Memorial Day weekend to freak out. Could they screw this up? Yes. And is there a part of you that should freak out just because you know the government is completely incompetent and may screw this up? Okay, yes, there's some reason uh, to freak out. But this is one of those things that unless they intentionally want to blow the country up, which you might want to keep on the table as an option. This should be fine. They should be able to get through this, and we should get some mild, sensitive reforms. Mild, you're not going to be thrilled with them, but mild, sensible reforms that make our spending a little bit better for a short period of time that they'll likely just overrun in a couple of weeks anyway. But it'll make you feel good, and that's the main goal here, of course. Dan Andros is going to join us here in a second. We're going to talk about Target. Uh, Washington Redskins' name might be changing yet again. We'll get into that in just a minute. When you get stressed out when things in the world are pushing you to the limit you need something that's going to bring you back to the more simple times and i would say this good old delicious cereals oh my gosh i love them. When i back when i was a kid it was the sugary cereals and i love them and i wanted to keep eating them as i got older but you know you should probably watch uh, some things like sugar and empty carbs and all that stuff well you know okay we don't have the sugary cereal on the table how do i get my fix well Magic Spoon is here to bring back the magic. Their cereal variety pack has four flavors, cocoa, fruity, frosted, and peanut butter. And we're talking zero grams of sugar, zero grams, 13 to 14 grams of protein, and only four to five grams of net carbs. Uh, That's uh, pretty cool, pretty cool. Coming in at only 140 calories a serving, it's high protein, zero sugar, keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, all the things. MagicSpoon.com/stew. Grab a variety pack and try it today. Uh, you can use the promo code Stew at checkout. And get five bucks off your order. Magic Spoon is so confident in their product, it's backed with a 100% happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money. No questions asked. Why not risk this? Uh, remember, get your next delicious bowl of high protein cereal at MagicSpoon.com/stew. Use the code Stew to save five bucks off. It's Magic Spoon cereal. Let's bring in Dan Andros. He's the managing editor of FaithWire.com and host of the Quick Start podcast, which you can subscribe to now wherever you get your podcast. Dan, welcome to the program. Hey, thanks for having me on. Uh, let's start quickly before we get to the Target and Bud Light stuff, because I know we want to talk about that. And I've got something I want to yeah. run by you here. I've come up with a formula, and I want to test it on you. Um, okay. But let's start with sports first. Uh, first of all, your Boston Celtics, down 3 0, have won two in a row. The level of confidence, it was probably at 1% after being down 3-0. What has it risen to?
0: Um, It's higher than what it was by a little bit. mm -hmm. I'm I'm not, it's just, they dug such a big hole. They're playing well now, but there's just no room for error. So um, I'm optimistic because, hey, they're playing well. I think they're the better team, but they also have no room for error. So I probably... Give them a mic 30%, 40% chance, maybe? That's
1: pretty good. Uh, 30 to 40%. When you when you start the thing down 3-0, if you can get back to 30 or 40%, that's pretty impressive. They've got to win yeah. one game in Miami, right? Game six, and then one at home. Yeah. They do look like the better team here. It's just a matter of whether their early screw-ups are just too hard to overcome.
0: Too hard to overcome. Real quick, I'll just throw this in there. They say, oh, it's 150 times that nobody's done this, and it's just, that's it's so impossible. Well, usually the reason you're down 3-0 is because you're a worse team right. than the team you're playing so it's like you're yeah you're if you're losing 3-0 to Jordan and Pippen you're not going to beat them but like you know that's not this the Celtics are a really good team they just screwed up the first couple games and you know the heat are good enough if they play well they'll win so big hole, but I think they could do it.
1: Yeah, remember, this is a two seed, the Celtics versus an eight. So I mean, this is not the normal circumstance of a 3-0 series. Yeah. Uh, so we'll be watching that and seeing if, if your life will be tortured any further uh, after this. But two more to go, uh, they're in a good position. Now your yeah. old favorite team over on the football side was the Washington Redskins, which we've noted on this program no longer <laughs> exist. Then yeah. they turned into the Washington football team. And now, yeah. then they went to the Washington Commanders just in uh, over the past uh, 48 hours here, the Washington Commanders are, of course, being sold at the moment, but the potential buyer may need to change the name again because a trademark effort of the name of the Washington Commanders has failed.
0: <laughs> um, you know what, that sums up this franchise very well, that you just put the word failed on it and it's pretty much it. So uh, I think it's on brand. Where would you go with the name? I mean, of course, my choice would be go back to the Washington
1: Redskins. Of course, we all know that's not going to happen. Do you go to some new innovative name?
0: Do you go back to one of the other ones? What do you do? I'm inclusive, Stu. And so I don't like the fact that Native Americans are no longer represented in the <laughs> National Football League. So I would bring them. Honestly, this is the, actually what I would do. I would bring back the logo. I would bring back the Native American imagery, which was made by Native Americans, by the way. They did it, it's an actual Native American that everyone's so offended at on this picture. He's an actual guy. <laughs> I don't know if anybody knows this. He's a real person, who wanted red. Anyway, um, I'd put them back on there and then if you really hate the Redskins name and you can't go back there, just do Warriors, something Native American theme that they won't complain about because that's clearly that franchise and I don't uh, the imagery should not be offensive at all to anyone. I mean that's just idiotic. You're an actual racist if you if you are offended by that.
1: Yeah, I mean and I know that the polling has showed that you know something like 90% of of Native Americans supported the Redskins name back then. I mean I wonder if you actually went back to Native American groups and got, you know, kind of did the background work to have them all get on board with something like you're discussing here. If, you know, they come out, they're at the press conference, they're all saying, we love this. I mean, could the media push back and say, no, uh, this is still racist? It would be pretty difficult to do.
0: It would, but they'd do it. (laughs) And I also have confidence, even with um, the Washington franchise selling their team, that they, until they start stringing together some successes, um, I'll believe. It. I mean, even the Sean Taylor statue that they unveiled was a disaster An <laughs> utter. It looked like a mannequin at a Target store, um, you know, and well, of course, we're talking about Target in a minute. But anyway, it it looked like it was just how do you mess that up? Mm. How do you mess up honoring a guy who died who was one of your legendary franchise players? Like, it's just it's a it's a disaster. But Snyder selling is um a step in the right direction. Yeah, I disagree with that, of course, because I like the
1: Redskins being predictably terrible every <laughs> year, so that, that could be bad. Um, uh, uh, you mentioned Target. Uh, apparently, you've been inside Target and seen their mannequins, which means you support the whole LGBTQ agenda, Dan. Uh, and, uh, I mean, this is interesting. The Target is, the I guess, the sequel here. We had Bud Light first, where we're gonna all boycott Boy- Bud Light because of the Dylan Mulvaney thing. And then the Target thing is happening now. Um, Do do you think there's a good chance of success here when we're talking about the, I guess, what you'd call a boycott? Though, I don't like that term because it feels like something organized. Uh, People just deciding on their own to not purchase anything at Target.
0: Yeah, if you mean by success, if you mean like that Target will go woke, go broke kind of a thing. fold in the pressure. Yeah. I mean, maybe they're too big to fail at this point, but they're certainly not going to. I don't think they're going to fold. I mean, if they do, I wouldn't look back. If you remember, it was Target. That was one of the first quote unquote woke companies with the North Carolina bathroom bill, Mm. uh, that whole debacle that was going on. And then they were like, took a stand on that and we're going to be inclusive and you can go to the bathroom and whatever bathroom you want, which was. A welcome news for all of the pedophiles of America who wanted to go in and go watch little girls go to the bathroom. Mm, so, mm-hmm. um, fantastic news for them. But j- that's the history of that. And I went back and looked at their statement, and they're talking about how they're doing equity and and you know inclusiveness. That's what we're all about. la, la la la. The, you can't go back on that now. I, I don't see how you go back on that now. But money talks. So if if they're actually going. Broke. I think they're gonna have to do something, but uh, I don't know. I mean, that's sort of the woke disease. I, I don't know if they'll actually do it or if they'll just say, you know, it's the right thing for us to just collapse. Yeah. With with We'll go down with this and fall on our sword, maybe. You know, it's interesting because you
1: compare these two, the, the Bud Light thing and the Target thing, and it's like, in some ways, Target is a much worse offender here, right? Like Target is releasing things aimed at children, put in the front of stores where children run by, working with bizarrely satanic designers to just put this (laughs) stuff out there. And and that is like, I think much more, much closer to the complaint conservatives actually have. The Dylan Mulvaney thing, while it caught fire, is actually, I think, a pretty bad example of what conservatives are complaining about. Just because, you know, it's an adult product. It was not in the front of every store display. It was a one-off can. It, you know, it, it was an, a, an adult transgendered person, uh, if you want to give the, the, that uh, much leniency on the term. But, I mean, the point is, like, it wasn't central to our complaints about how this is targeting children. And that one really has caught fire. The target one, I would say, is almost a better argument from conservatives.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree. And I, I think it's interesting because we've talked, Stu, before about the pendulum, right? Like, I keep wondering when the pendulum is going to shift. Like, you've, you've pushed America's played nice. They've been like, okay, you want to have your drag shows and people complain about it, but uh, you know, we'll, or you want to have your pride month which is coming up. Who, Hey, is everyone excited for pride month? It's just going to be the no. Pander Olympics. It's going to be great. Um, but I, I just wonder like, all right, at what point do people be like, are like enough is enough. I've I, okay, I, I tolerated your pride month. I tolerated your parades. Now you're twerking on kids and you're putting hairy dudes and their junk in bikinis and telling me that I have to say it's beautiful. Like They're just trying to see where the point is. I mean, I I picture them all in a room going, you know, I I thought they'd get upset at this, (laughs) what can we do now? I know, let's put some big hairy dudes in bikinis and tell them, look, it's beautiful. And, and I think people are finally, is the pendulum swinging back where we're like, all right, we let it go for long enough. I've had it, I've had it with this.
1: Yeah, I do think there is a, a a part that of America that's just like, it's just hit, we're hitting that moment and these things are just hitting people in the face. Like the Dylan Mulvaney thing, as I said, I don't think it's a core conservative complaint per se. It's right. just, it's just annoying. The pandering is so over the top and we're, we're just sick of it. And we've just hit that limit. I will say this though, Dan, where I think, um, the, the target argument is a better one. It's more core to what we've been saying this whole time that is really the problem here. Um, on the other hand, I think, it's a, I think the chance of success is lower. Uh, because Target is a difficult thing to replace. It's uh, very, you know, it's core to you know uh, every, every mom's you know daily routine. It seems uh, it's going to be very difficult to replace. Where it's a lot, it's a lot easier to replace Bud Light. You can just go to Miller Light or some other brand, and it's easy. Um, this one is a is, is a difficult one, and I, and I think like there's not a there's a cost to that. Failing at one of these things brings cost. Like, if you succeed against Bud Light, the idea is not just that Bud Light never gives another transgendered can. Who cares about that? The point is that other companies might not go down this constantly woke route. You should hopefully send a message to everyone else. Well, you also send a message if you do not succeed with the Target uh, pushback.
0: I I think it could
1: succeed. It's possible. But I also think it's relatively risky.
0: Yeah, and this is one of those conundrums. Now, we don't happen to go to Target. I know a lot of people do, but we don't really actually go to Target a lot at all. And we're able to—I don't know—somehow manage, you know, other stores we go to, and (laughs) that works out just fine. But I get your point. A lot of people go there. It's like Amazon, right? Like, okay, if I'm if I'm supposed to boycott Amazon, like, eh, but I don't know. I kind of like having all the stuff delivered to my house. It's kind of the conundrum that we're in when you just want to boycott everything that's woke. It's like, well, you're going to essentially boycott everything out of your life, and you may as well go. Buy a plot of land in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, next to the Amish, and just be like, "All right, this is what I'm doing now because I've I've got to boycott everything, Disney, Netflix, Amazon, all the things that are just everywhere. Apple, you know, um, you know they they've got kids in sweatshops in Apple making your iPhones, and nobody boycotts that. So you know, it's like because it's a good, it's a good phone. It, it's handy. It, it helps you do a lot of things. Helps you buy things so, yeah, from Target and it's, Amazon. It's, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so like you, I don't know, uh, what do you do when you, if you set the standard that it's the boycott anytime someone does woke stuff, you're basically going to boycott everything. Yeah. So it's a weird conundrum because I don't want to support any of these companies that are pr- particularly egregious like Target and like, you know, trans kids and twerking and all this stuff. It's, it's nonsense. I don't want to support it, but sometimes it seems unavoidable.
1: Yeah, no, I think that. So, I, and I think that's true. I, I I'm not a big boycott guy. I don't, I don't like boycotts. But I will say, like, you know, I'm definitely not in the mainstream of the conservative movement right now with that position. And I think one of the things that maybe is a good midpoint between the boycott everything and the boycott, uh, you know, nothing and just let everybody do their thing, is is this idea of sending a message at the right time with the right product, the right message, the right moment picking something and sticking to it. And I think the Bud Light thing has been a good example of that, even though I don't think it's the exact right the exact right one as far as messaging goes. But it is, I think, important because it, it, there's been a formula that has worked there, right? You're talking about a 28.8% drop in Bud Light sales in the United States. That's an incredible, yeah. uh, incredible well, amount.
0: And, and I think to your point earlier, Stu, so I think you brought this up, but what won't work are these... Um, organized campaigns where it's like, hey, you sign the letter and you send the letter. Look, it, we have all these signatures on here and everyone's mad about this. I think what will scare them more is the organic backlash. That's just, ah, I can't do it. Um, and and um, and so, yeah, maybe if you just pause something because you're so irritated and like you're not like, I'm never going there again, but you're just like, you know what, I can't do that right now because they're too ridiculous. And then if everyone's just doing the same thing, like, I think that will scare them because that catches fire, and like we were talking earlier today about, you know, Bud Light, and it's just that social pressure that's sort of on, uh, that that you're just like, eh, I don't want to, I don't want to be drinking one of those cans right now. I mean, like, eh, it's, you know, it sends a message, it sends kind of a signal to those around you, right? And so that sort of fear among them is of them stepping in that, and I think that's mm-hmm. what the executive said in the news was like there was a report that they were having an emergency meeting to avoid a Bud Light situation. Yeah, And that will scare them more than any letter they're gonna get from a group. Right, that's the real way to do this. So let me give you, I've got a formula here I've
1: put together of the things you need for the perfect sort of boycott, I put that in quotes, uh, situation. One that will actually work and will actually move the needle. Let me give it to you. Tell me if there's anything uh, that we should add or subtract from this. Um, A couple of them you just mentioned. An organic start, I think, is really important. It can't just be something that you're doing out of a formula exclusively. Um, Something that, if it's successful, we'll create social pressure. It won't just be that, hey, I can't go in and, uh, and buy something, but like, when you're carrying a Bud Light, you know you're gonna get the person who's gonna call you out. This happened with me this morning. I went into our old, we have a you know box in our closet or pantry there that has like a bunch of old plastic bags in it that I take in every once in a while if I'm bringing in drinks or whatever. And I brought in a bunch of cans of soda and I had it in that bag and I didn't even look at it. And I came in and Glenn said to me, he said, what are you, you're carrying a Target bag? And I didn't even look at it. I didn't even realize that it was a Target bag. But like, next time I go into that box, maybe I pick out a different bag for something like that. So something that creates social pressure. Here's the other one, the other elements quickly. Let me run through them because we're a little short on time something that's a mass appeal product. Can't be this little niche thing. It's gotta be something that's attempting to sell to everyone. It can't be like a, something that's going only liberals or just to women or men. It's gotta be something that's, that's mass appeal. Uh, something that has a, a company that has a non-ideological mission. So like Bud Light is not Ben & Jerry's, right? Ben & Jerry's is telling you they're liberal, they don't like Jews, all the things that Ben & Jerry's says. <laughs> this is something where, you know, Bud Light is trying to stay out of politics largely. They're not going to if you're Ben and Jerry's is not going to react to a boycott from conservatives. They don't care. Uh, Next up, uh, a product that has an easy substitute. It's very easy to switch from Bud Light to Miller Lite or Michelob Ultra or whatever other choice you have. And that's, I think, been part of the success. And the other one is, I think, trackable results. One of the things that's been success about the Bud Light thing is every week we get a new number of how many percent this thing is down. And it's been something that is keeping the story going. Uh, that's kind of my plan. Is there anything you could see to either add or subtract to that?
0: Um, yeah, just as long as it's something I'm not personally addicted to, right. and then, and then, uh, and then I'm good with it. No, but so is this like a checklist that you're saying that people should go through before they boycott something? Like if it fits these things, then then you're clear to do it. But if it doesn't, then don't worry about it. I think you should make your own decisions on what you, whether to buy or not buy. But what I'm saying right. is, as far as like
1: the conservative media picking up a flag and saying this is the one okay. to do. It's, if you don't hit those things, and I'm afraid Target doesn't hit all of them, if you don't hit those things, you're more likely to fail. And then failure also sends a message that in reality these boycotts don't mean that don't much work. if you just yeah. ride them out.
0: I think I think that's good. I think that's a good starting point. I'd have to think about it more if there were some other things. I mean, I think there's some things like if you cross certain lines, I think I might be willing to overlook a few of those checkpoints. Yeah. Right? If you if you if you cross like I mean, right now, like with uh, I just saw another video today of some surgeon promoting bottom and top surgeries for youth and they put the happy music behind it. And it's just like, I'm not sure if that's going to check all those boxes you said, but I need to stand against that. Yeah, that's insane. And I think you should. Yeah,
1: right. I I agree with that. And and that's the thing, you know, like maybe anti-Semitism. Uh, with Ben and Jerry's might yeah. be one of those things that crosses that line, whether it's these check boxes or not. All right, Dan Andrews, we got to cut it short here. Uh, managing editor, faithwire.com. Be sure to check out the Quick Start podcast and subscribe today. And make sure to check it out next week to see if Dan is in absolute terror after a Celtics <laughs> defeat or elated after a victory. Dan, thanks so much for coming on the program. All right, thanks. <laughs> You know, buying or selling a home is stressful, and if you don't have a great real estate agent, it's going to be worse than stressful. You're going to blow a bunch of money, and that's not fun, especially in an environment like this when, hey, the debt ceiling could be overturned tomorrow, and uh, we could default on all of our money, and everything could go down. Who knows what's going to be around the corner? You just need to do the best that you can in any environment, and that's why you need realestateagentsitrust.com. Go there. Get the best agent in your area. These are people that are already screened. You don't have to worry about going through all the hassles of doing that, which would be really difficult to do. How do you compare real estate agents in a community? Well, there's one way, realestateagentsitrust.com. Give them some basic info. The team will contact you to make an introduction to the preferred agent in your town. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now, realestateagentsitrust.com. Yes, a new low once again for Joe Robinette, Biden Jr. And it's just absolutely terrible news. But why have me tell you about it when we could have Jake Tapper tell you about it?
0: Horrible news, horrible for Joe Biden in our new CNN poll. While the president leads his Democratic competitors by a huge margin, two thirds of all of the American people surveyed, 66 percent of the public, say that a Biden victory would either be a setback or a disaster for the United
1: States. (laughs) It's absolutely incredible and totally accurate. The only problem with it is why is it only 66%? It's hard to know. Uh, Those numbers get worse all over the place. Let me give you some of the other highlights. 41% of Americans specifically called the Biden win a disaster. Now, that number is actually lower than President Trump. 44% said it would be a disaster if he won. However, the people who viewed uh, Biden's win as a setback was 26%, only 12% for Trump. So overall, the number is much worse for Biden than Trump. Uh, Biden's approval rating in this poll: 35%. Uh, amazing. Only 79% among Democrats, which is a catastrophe of a number. It's the number. It's like a number that Nixon had for uh, among Republicans when he was thrown out of office. Uh, only 26% of Independents approved. When you looked at the Democratic primary, uh, Biden is at 60%, but 20% on RFK Junior and another 8% on Marianne Williamson. So this is uh, this is just not good. Um, And as far as Democratic leaning um, uh, Democratic leaning voters, 32% went with RFK Junior on Democratic leaders. This is a catastrophe uh, high and low for uh, Joe Biden and everywhere you look. So it's just like the country kind of that he's running. It's not good. It's not getting better. And then you get another version of Joe Biden and his new low. Hey,
0: Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, new low. Hey, Joe, please go.
1: All right, I want to give uh, you a picture for a moment what it would be like if all of a sudden the global medication supply chain of antibiotics just kind of disappeared before our eyes. We've kind of dealt with a lot of supply chain disruption recently. We've kind of seen, it took me 14 months to get a car that I ordered. This is the type of thing that's going on in our country. And if our medicine, if you got to wait 14 months for medicine, that's not good. This stuff is, is is manufactured in places like India and China. And of course, they're going to take care of their own people before they're taking care of us. So what do you do if you need antibiotics? Is What if there's nothing? Uh, around to be had. Well you can go with the Jace case. The Jace case from Jace Medical is a great way to keep yourself prepared for the worst. It's a pack of five different courses of antibiotics that you can use to treat a long list of bacterial illnesses like respiratory infections, sinusitis, skin infections, and a whole lot more. It's a great way to be ready for shortages. And if you're traveling somewhere, especially overseas, it's great to have on you. Don't get caught unprepared. Uh, Go to jacemedical.com. Enter the code STU at checkout J A S E medical.com. Jacemedical.com. The code is STU at checkout for the JACE case from JACE Medical. You know, I've said it before, I'll say it again. Thank God Chuck Schumer is here. Uh, just to give us incredible analysis of uh, things like the Supreme Court and the uh, let's call it the, what it is, the MAGA Supreme Court. It's so very modca, MAGA, excuse me, that they went against the liberal position nine to zero. Uh, Schumer rips the MAGA Supreme Court after a 9-0 vote on EPA Waters rule. Now, it's a little misleading, the nine to zero thing, but this goes to a story from Idaho and it was about whether you can regulate a, a place where this, this family was trying to build a home. They were building their dream home on a lake and they said, well, this lake is, is uh, interstate waters and therefore we can regulate it and let you not um, build this house. Now, really questionable logic from the beginning, but you're saying, okay, well, they're building a house right on a lake. The lake spans multiple states, fine, they can do something. Well, they didn't really build it on the lake. But you might say, well, there is a creek that goes uh, to the lake, and it feeds the lake, and they built it on the creek, and therefore they can, well, no, they didn't actually put the house on the creek either. But there was a ditch that was next to the creek that went into the lake that went to another state, and that was the justification for the EPA to threaten them with $40,000 of fines per day uh, to solve this problem. Thankfully, they came down 9-0 and said that's completely ridiculous. As far as the additional ruling, which is going to affect more people than, than just this family, as to how what is a waterway and what isn't, that was a 5-4 decision. And that one, Brett Kavanaugh, went the wrong way on, in my opinion. Uh, an interesting split uh, with Kavanaugh, and you wonder, this is the type of thing, you know, you certainly can watch Gorsuch on some Native American issues where sometimes he seems to go off the reservation, if you will. Um, and then you have, uh, you, it looks like environmentalism might be one of the things that maybe you gotta watch Kavanaugh on, uh, there's been a couple of these rulings that have been a little weird with him. He was uh, passionate about this one and wrong, but the Supreme Court still uh, picked correctly overall a 5-4 decision, this will help businesses, It will help you build houses on lakes. It's a good situation overall and uh, that's the ruling from the Supreme Court I hope you have a great Memorial Day weekend take some time to yourself think about maybe I don't know the people who fought for this country it's kind of important as well uh, as we go through the Memorial Day weekend and enjoy your family Uh, you know take some time to forget about politics hopefully I will say if you're thinking about politics I might direct you to stewdoesmerch.com there. You can use the code STU10 to save 10% off the new shirt and the mug that is there. Anyone but Joe Biden 24, available now, stewdoesmerch.com. It's stewdoesmerch.com. The code is STU10. See you Tuesday.